Okay, Masechet Sukkah, Daf Chet, and what a Daf it is. We have two main topics. First of all, around Sukkah, we're going to have lots of calculations. I hope you remember your high school geometry. And the second topic on Amud Bet is going to be about um, huts that people build for other reasons. Uh, can one use them for a Sukkah? So we begin. I want to show you the outline of the first part of the Sukkah. Here first, um, we're going to have a statement by Rabbi Yochanan, the uh, second generation Amora from Eretz Yisrael, the most important Amora in Eretz Yisrael, in fact. And he's going to he's going to say a statement that we're going to have to try to figure out, and we're going to see four different explanations of it um, in order to figure out his calculation. We're going to see the end. Actually, we don't get quite a satisfactory answer, but I'm going to try to revive. Uh, what Rabbi Yochanan actually meant. So let's see, let's get right into it. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Sukkah asuya ki kibshan, im yesh behekefa kedeh l'shev bah, asrim v'arba'a b'nei adam keshera, ve'im lav pesula. A sukkah that's made like an oven. Ovens in those days were round structures. This is a big, giant oven. Uh, people didn't always have their own ovens. This would be like a professional baker's oven. And so you'd walk in there and put everything in. So these are, in fact, round. Um, if there is behekefa, uh, here it translates as circumference. We'll go with that translation for now. Uh, with uh, in order, enough, enough room for, uh, for 24 people to sit, then that sukkah is kasher. If not, it's pasul. Okay, what does this mean? The, uh, the last thing we did on the previous stuff mentioned that a sukkah that is like a dove coat, a shovach, is no good because it has no corners. According to that, a round sukkah would not be good because it has no corners, no matter how big it is. But Rabbi Yochanan does not agree with that. He thinks a round sukkah is just fine. The problem is thinking is for trying to figure out what's the minimum size for this round sukkah. And so here's what he says. The minimum size is for 24 people to be able to sit around its circumference. We're going to see in a second, we're going to assume that each person takes up uh, one amma of space. Uh, it's a little tight. You got to squeeze, but you could do that uh, if you're uh, skinny enough. And so 20, yeah, try it on yourself, uh, 24 um, amot of a circumference. That is the smallest possible round sukkah. That is the statement of Rabbi Yochanan. Okay, so now we're going to analyze it. Keman, kedebi, da'amar kol sukkah, she'en ba'arba amot, a'al arba amot, pesula. It must be that Rabbi Yochanan is following the Tanah Rabbi, Rabbi Yudanasi, who said that if you have a square sukkah, the minimum is four by four, rather than the other people who said seven tefachim by seven tefachim. The reason why we're going to go with the B is because this is quite big, a 24 ama circumference um, that can fit a lot in it. And so we're trying to figure out how the ratio of a square, the minimum square, relates to the minimum circle round sukkah. And uh, 24 is quite big. So let's try to find at least the biggest, we'll go with the biggest number we have for the square sukkah and uh, at least make it work for that. Okay, so that's we're going to follow this through throughout the rest of the sukkah. And the soon Rabbi Yochanan is agreeing with the B, the minimum square sukkah is four by four amot. Now let's analyze it. Mikidi. Let's assume that a person is one ama wide and he can sit, take up one ama of space. 
what is the relationship between the circumference of a circle and its and its and its diameter? Well, it's anything anything that has a circumference of three tefachim will have a diameter of one tefach. Here is the calculation of pi. Uh, you can find this calculation already in Tanakh, in the Book of Kings, when it's describing the pool that Shalomah made that is round, and it says it was 30 amot around and 10 amot across. Okay, obviously this is a, um, uh, a, a, a rounding off uh, of the number, but truth is because it is irrational, and even in ancient times they knew it was irrational, any, any uh, number that you use is gonna be a rounding off. So if you round it off to one decimal or hundred decimals, still rounding off, it's good enough when you're building something that is this size. Okay, so if uh, now that we know that, we uh, say, well, let's calculate biteresad sage, then really 12 should be enough. In other words, if you have a, uh, get a picture here, um, if you have a uh, sukkah, that is four by four. So imagine this is four by four. So that means right, each side is four. So, and you made a circle where not right now we're assuming it's inside, the circle will be inside. And so that circle would have a diameter of four uh, amot. That would mean that the, per, that the circumference would be four times pi or four times three, that's 12. So if we want the sides to equal or the side to equal the diameter, then 12 would be enough. So this can't be a good explanation of Rabbi Yohanan who said 24, it just doesn't match up. Uh, so that's, uh, what, that's, what, that's try number one. Try number two. Hanemile be did I skip anything? Very good. Oh, wait a second. This is when you say that the circumference is going to be 12, that would be if it is uh, round. But for a square, it's more, right? The uh, circumference of that square is uh, 16, right? Four times four sides is 16. So instead of comparing one side of the square with the diameter of the circle, let's make two shapes that have the same circumference, that would be both 16. How much more is the circumference of a square than a circle inside of it? It's a quarter bigger, uh, that's true. And so if this is 12 inside here, and we wanted to make a, a circle with a circumference of 12, so that a, a circumference that's the same as the circumference of the um, of the square, then we would make it 16 also. And here's a picture of that, right? This is a picture of a square and a circle that have the same circumference. Um, and that would, you know, that could be reasonable uh, that how would you compare the minimum? What's the minimum and the minimum? Same circumference, right? It'd be reasonable to do that. Uh, the problem is that this doesn't work for the Biochanan because it's still only 16 and the Biochanan said 24. So this is no good. Okay, just notice in this picture a second that at some points the circle is beyond the square and that the corners, the square is beyond the circle. Okay, that'll be important for the third reason, the third explanation. Oh, everything we said before is talking about igul, a circle that's inside the migot, inside a square. But if it's a square that literally comes from inside or is inside a, a circle, 
then you need more. Ah, so very good. So see, we need to get up to try to get up to 24. So it must be that the square, the circle is not inside, but uh, we want to make match it up with the circle outside. And then you would need more because of the corners that project out in the picture I just showed you. You saw how they project out. So let's analyze that. A square that's inside a circle. So, but that quite doesn't quite work either because every ama in the square um, is going to be an ama and two fifths. Uh, so this is uh, how, this is the square root of two, right? You remember the. Um, uh, Pythagorean hy hypothesis here. It's not longer a hypothesis. I think it's been proven. I don't know why we still call it hypothesis. But okay, if we assume the side, let's call it a of a square, right? So a squared plus b squared is going to be c squared. So that will actually be the square root of two times a. Uh, square root of two is also irrational. We're just going to use 1.4 uh, for it. So we get here 1.4 times the side. Um, and if we do that, we get 1.4 uh, times um, times the side is, uh, is times five is 5.6. And uh, it'll be three times 5.6, uh, which is going to give us 16.8. And so we have 16.8, but that still um, is not quite 24. So this doesn't work either. So we try to say, Lodak, Rabbi Yochanan, he was not being exact. He was not being precise. He was giving a round number. I know it's 16.8. He said 24. Okay, the Talmud doesn't accept that. Okay, you can say you want to round off. You could say a little bit within one, within a half but you don't go from 16.8 to 24, right? I mean, nobody would want to do business with Rabbi Yochanan if he did that, right? He'd sell you, uh, you know, 24 pounds of fish and you get, I only got 16.8. So yeah, about, I averaged off. So um, that cannot work either. So therefore we, um, we abandon this, uh, this line of reasoning and that there's one, one um, person per ama. So just to review the three choices, right? The Rabbi Yochanan said, Around sukkah has to have a circumference of 24 people equals amot. That's what we were assuming. And if we equate the sides, you only get 12. If you equate perimeters, you get 16. If you take the circle outside the square, then you're going to get 16.8. And all of these are way less than 24. So they all are no good. So the second possibility is we're going to assume that two uh, thirds of a person can fit in, in each amma. And in that way, Rabbi Yochanan didn't say 24, he meant 16, right? Um, two thirds of 24 is 16. So let's see if that can work. Is each person one amma? No. Three people can fit into two amot. They squeeze a little bit more. Okay. It's like a subway. So how many amot all together for that circumference? 16. So see, doesn't that work? No, it does not work because we need 17 minus a fifth or 16.8. And you said 16. So you could say, Lodak. All right, he was rounding down. He really needs 16.8. He just said 16. 
Well, not, we're still not happy, not, not happy with that. We, you can say, you can round off and say it has to be a little bit bigger, right? So round off, if it's supposed to be 16.8, round off to 17 and add a little bit. No, no, no harm in adding a little bit, but you can't round off down for leniency because then I'm going to follow Rabbi Yochanan. I'm going to make a round sukkah that's 16 and it's going to be pasul because it's not big enough. I need 16.8. So this is not sufficient. This does not work. And so we reject possibility number two. And now for three, we're going to go back to the assumption before that there's one person per ama. But now we're going to assume that the people are not sitting on the on the on the inside, but on the outside. And for this, let's look at the, this um, fun uh, chart. Uh, it's a fun picture. Okay, so you see they're not on the inside like they were in here. I love this picture, by the way. It reminds me of those rides that spin around and you stick to the side of it, right? Um, but rather, we're talking about that they are on the outside. Now we're going to further assume that each person is not only an ama wide but also an ama in length. If he sticks, you stick your arm out, well, you know, and your legs um, sitting, then you are uh, an ama. This is, you know, uh, um, business class on uh, LL. Um, so if uh, assuming that, and uh, we still have that 24 that, that uh, Rabbi Yochanan talked about. So that Rabbi Yochanan 24 is the perimeter outside um, of the chairs. So if each person is one ama long, so then you take away one ama on the on the left and one ama on the right, and then you get instead of a that, that this is if it's uh, 24 amot in the perimeter all around the diagonal sorry the um, diameter uh, from the chair to end of the chair is going to be eight, but take away two for one guy over here and one guy over here, and now you have a diameter of the sukkah that's inside them would be six uh, six times three. 18. Okay, let's read that inside. Amar le rav asi le rav ashe le olam gabra be'ametayetev. I'm going to go back to say each person is one amawide. Rabbi Yochanan mekom gabre lakachashiv. Rabbi Yochanan was giving the saying the per perimeter as 24 people. He wasn't talking about the area of the he was not, not including the space where the people are. It was inside the circle of the people. This is all a little strange, right? I mean, it's like a very confusing way to speak if Rabbi Yochanan really means that. Why is he even talking about people? Why not just say this many amot is the circumference? We have to get back to that. Anyway, let's see if this works. So you get 18. But what we need is uh, 16.8. But this is okay. Even though it's really 16.8, he was not a, so precise. He rounded up to 18. Hi, a nice number. And so it's not precise. So this is a possible answer, uh, certainly better than the first two answers. Um, and so we're, we're, we're good with this. I mean, I'm not so happy with it. Uh, it doesn't really sound like Rabbi Yochanan meant it. But um, this is the third answer. And now we're going to get to the fourth answer, which is in the name of the judges of Kesaria or Rabbanan. Rabbi. The rabbis or the judges of Kesaria, Amre. This is what they say. 
uh, they're, they're giving general ratios. And if you have the ratio of a circle that's inside a square is a quarter. By that they mean you would take whatever that circle is. And you see here, we're assuming circumference. This is how it was understood um, by everyone. Um, that the circumference of a circle, subtract a quarter and you'll get the circumference of the square that's inside. Uh, okay, and that's not actually relevant for us, even though that's true, that's a, that's a true fact. Um, and here's the one that we need. If you have a square inside a circle, then its perimeter is a ratio of a half. Uh, which means uh, basically that the, the square would be two thirds of the, of the uh, circle, um, right? The square inside would be, um, uh, or you could say otherwise, the circle is one and a half times the square. If you take the square and cut it in half and add it to itself, you get the perimeter of the circle. Now that is not true. Uh, the perimeter of a, a circle around a square is just a little bit bigger than the actual one. Um, it's uh, here, I have this calculation here. So this is what the judge of Quesadilla said, the circle and the square is a ratio of three to four. That's true because the race, the, a circle is three A, this is A, right? So the per, sorry, the circle inside a square is this one, right? If you have A, that's the diameter is A, 3A. And the square is 4A, that's the side of it four times. So that's true. But the circle and the square, we can make a calculation. The square is actually gonna be four times A, right? That's the perimeter of the square. The circle is 1.4 times A times three, right? 1.4 times A, cause you need the square root of two um, to get the hypotenuse. So 1.4 times A is the hypotenuse times three, which is pi, and you get 4.2. So you see actually the ratio of a square inside a circle is four to 4.2, not one to one and a half. Um, so the judge of Quesadilla, we don't know how they got this. This does not, this is not correct. If it were correct, it would explain it would be Yohanan because if the circle, if the square is one, then the circle surrounding it would be one and a half times that. So since we know the circle is, uh, the square is 16, one and a half times 16 is 24, right? So theoretically, um, the, the statement of, of the judges of Kesaria would explain the B. Yohanan's calculation. The problem is it's completely wrong. So the, this here, here's the end of the sugya. Velohi. This is not said by the, state, by the sages of Kesaria. This is said by the editors of the Gemara. They said, this is not true because we look at it. We tried it out. We drew it and we see that it is not that much. It is much less. Um, and that is the conclusion of this sugya. So this is quite strange, really, that we have four answers. One and two are completely rejected. Three we have to really work on saying these people are not sitting inside the sukkah, they're sitting outside and take away and really comes to 18. Okay, 16.8, rounding up to 18. Very difficult. And then it brings judges of Kesadia, but their calculation is completely wrong. So this is very strange. Okay, however, I have an answer. Um, I didn't come up with it, but rather um, this is uh, a rabbi who wrote a commentary on Erovin, not here, but in the parallel sugya, it's a commentary called Geon Yaakov, Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov Kahana, who wrote around 1800 and said as follows, this statement of the judges of Kesaria 
they weren't talking about perimeter, they were actually talking about area. And if you think about area, it works. So let's see, both sides, parts of their statement work. First of all, they said a circle inside a square has an area ratio of three to four. Let's see, a circle inside a square. What's the area of a circle? Well, um, if A is, uh, is one of the sides, so the area of a circle is pi r squared. So we have to take half of A times uh, squared times three. Half of A squared is gonna, uh, is gonna be, we could take out the half times a half is a quarter, right? So that's uh, three times a quarter, that's three quarters times A squared. So that's three quarters of A squared is the area of the circle. How about the square? That's just A squared, right? So there you go, three quarters uh, A squared is the circle as compared to A squared, so that's a ratio of three quarters. So uh, that's very interesting that um, in this picture, the circle inside the square, the ratio is three quarters, both for the perimeter and for the area. That's pretty cool. See, you learn, you learn everything in Dafyomi. Okay, how about the other one? How about the square inside the circle? Well, let's see, the circle, let's try with, let's start with the square. The square is gonna be a um, area. The square has, if the side is A, then the um, uh, then the uh, the the area is a squared. That's it. Simple. Okay. Uh, which in this case would be four a um, if it's four. Okay, a squared. And the, the circle is we're going to take one point four times a. That's the hypotenuse of the square, which is also the diameter. So one point four times a, and we need to. Oh, here it is. Right. One point four times a. And we need to take half of that actually, uh, because we need the radius. Okay, so the radius, if we take 1.4 and, and, and divide it by half, we get 0.7. So 0.7 is the radius times a squared. Well, we could take, we could take, and all that times pi, right? Pi r squared, three times 0.7 times a squared. 0.7, we'll take that by itself, times 0.7 is 0.49, which is actually a half. Actually, it is exactly a half because if you take the square root of square root of two divided by two and square that, you just get half, uh, a quarter, you get a quarter. So that's three quarters times a squared. So there you go, a square is a, the area of a square is a squared. The area of the circle is three quarters of a squared. So you see the ratio is, um, no, so is a squared, other one is three, three over half of a squared, half. Right, sorry, uh, right, 0.7 times 0.7 is a half. So three halves of a squared, um, right? The circle is bigger, quite a, quite a bit bigger than the, than the square. And that is a ratio of 1.5. So amazingly, the judges of Quesadilla said something that is absolutely correct. They're talking about areas. And now, since they are brought here to explain the Rabbi Yochanan, so the Rabbi Yochanan makes perfect sense also. We're talking about this. And we're talking about not perimeter, but area, he never said anything about perimeter. He said, if there is within the circle, 24 people can sit. Why do you talk about people rather than amot? Talking about people sitting is a way of saying a square ama, right? He was trying to be as clear as possible, right? So we're not talking about people all, all around. So rather, if you have a circle that can fit 24 people, uh, meaning 24 square amot, that is the minimum size of, an, uh, of a circle. And so where did he get that? Well, he got it from here. He wants the area to be equivalent. 
um, an area, uh, uh, sorry, it wants the air, he wants an area of a circle that would circumscribe a square. So a square that had four times four, which is 16, would have, uh, would can fit inside a circle that has 24 square amot. And that is perfect, makes perfect sense. That's exactly what I was talking about. Rabbi Yochanan just saying, you need the minimum four by four, and it has to be a full by four by four. You can make a circle uh, around Sukkah if you want, but it has to fit a four by four in its area. And so uh, we have something really fantastic here, which is uh, that um, um, the judges of Kesaria perfectly explained the Biochanan. Okay, so now just a point about methodology, which is that um, it, it, this is kind of a, uh, why some people don't like academic study of Talmud, because sometimes we see that the last editor of the Gemara uh, did not fully understand a statement in, of the Amara in the Gemara itself. So it's kind of irreverent for us. In this case, we have the Geon Yaakov to say it 200 years ago. So it's not us saying it, but it's somewhat irre irreverent to say the editors of the Talmud didn't understand the Amora statement of the Amoraim. Okay, they have, that has a point. However, I think it's also irreverent for uh, against the judges of Kesadia and the Biochanan to say, oh, they said something and that didn't make any sense, right? So we're actually coming and we're helping out. Uh, it's true, we're saying that the, uh, the editors of the Gemara did not fully understand it because it was caught out of context and he didn't say area or perimeter specifically. Um, but now we can really come and save the judges of Kesaria and save the statement of Rabbi Yochanan and give a great explanation to it. And we, I think we have to give thanks and gratitude to the editors of the Gemara that even though they didn't understand the statement of the judges of Kesaria and they said it doesn't make sense, nevertheless, they didn't erase it. They didn't change the words. They preserved it and memorized it exactly as is so that we can come today and reconstruct it and put it back together. Um, but you see how they really didn't know their, their geometry. Okay, question. Yeah, um, so this is one opinion about the minimum size of a sukkah, right? Yes. One opinion is Rabi that says four by four, but we have other opinions, which is that the sukkah can be as small as your body and your table. Correct. So if you follow that, then I guess we would use the same methodology and we would figure out what is a circle that can circumscribe a seven by seven tefach square. Okay. Yeah. Okay, very cool. All right, so that was quite amazing. Uh, the rest of the suga uh, is uh, uh, should be easy compared to this. So you have a craftsman, a potter or something. And uh, this is how he lives. He has two sukkahs, one within the other. In the inner one, that's where he lives. Um, and, uh, and the outer one, that's where he works and shows off. That's his, uh, that's his uh, display room. That's his store. Um, so you have one within the other. And the, the law is that the inside one um, uh, requires... The inside one cannot be used as a, as a sukkah because he lives there all the time. And you have to make sure that the seven days of sukkot, you do something that's different. You don't live in the same place that you always live. You have to leave your, your usual place, even if it's technically as as a kosher sukkah. Furthermore, it's chayav mezuzah, the inside one, because you, um, you live there, right? And that's your, that's your dwelling. The outside area um, is, it can be made, used as a sukkah because you don't usually live there. So you're doing something different that shows you're celebrating the holiday and you do not require a mezuzah because it's a temporary dwelling. We don't put, we don't put mezuzot on our sukkahs. 
Okay, so that's a, that's a good statement. Hold on, why not? We know the laws of, uh, of mezuzah are that if, if you have an entryway to your house, um, uh, let's say like uh, a closed porch or foyer or something like that, you have to put a mezuzah. This is actually relevant. A lot of people have in front of their doorway of a covered area with poles um, around it to, to keep from the rain. And that does require a mezuzah, even though if you only had that structure, you wouldn't because you don't live there. But because it's an entryway to your, ha- to your house, it requires a mezuzah. So how come over here you don't require mezuzah? We answer mishum de la kebiyah, because it is not permanent. Adashi says that's talking about the inside, but it makes more sense according to Rambam, talking about the outside. The outside thing here is not permanent. He doesn't leave it up all the time. Sometimes, you know, when he has uh, customers, he he leaves it up, but maybe in the the winter, he takes it down. This would be similar to a lot of restaurants have on the sidewalk. They put up these, you know, plastic flimsy booths that uh, people can uh, eat there, put some extra tables during the winter, but in summer, they take them down. And so that, according to this, would not, those would not require a mezuzah, they are not meant to be permanent. Okay, so that's an interesting case. Now, more cases of uh, things that are put up for other reasons, right? Like this, that is put up as a storefront. Tenora banan, ganbach, suk, ganbach. That is a shetevot for sukat gohim. The gimel is gohim. So a sukkah, a hut that a nanju makes. He made it just for himself to, you know, to have shade, whatever, why, however, wherever he made it. And then you see it and you, and you analyze it and say, has kosher schach, has kosher walls, and I'm going to use it on the, on the, on the holiday. Is that permitted? Sukkat nashim. Women, they're not making it for the chiyuv because they're not chayav, but they make, a, they make a hut to hang out in. Sukkat behema, uh, a hut to protect uh, animals. Um, sukkat kutim. A sukkah of kotim, this probably actually means a sukkah, right? That Samaritans make as a sukkah. This is fascinating. Samaritans have been around since um, the times of the first Bet Mikdash to the whole second, and there's still a few around. Here's a Samaritan holding his Torah. They have the same five books of Moses um, as we have, more or less. They made some changes in theirs, um, but uh, their cases open up three ply, which is really cool. Um, they are not technically Jews. They don't want to be Jews. We don't consider them Jews either because um, they're not from the South, from the Judeans. They are remnant of the Northern tribes mixed with other people. And so they keep the five books of Moses, but not, uh, but nothing from Nevi'im, uh, Kituvim, and certainly not Torah Shabal Peh. So they do have sukkahs. If you go visit a Samaritan today, you can find him on Sukkot, you will find his sukkah looks like this is an actual picture of a Samaritan sukkah. And you see, they make it out of fruit and they put also leaves on top. They make their sukkot out of the arbamin arba aminim. Um, because in the pasukim it says, take four minim, and then the next pasuk says, make sukkot. So they take that literally and they make sukkot out of the arba, arba aminim. You see here is that their sukkahs, his in sukkahs inside his living room, under the roof. Okay, now we would not consider this a kosher sukkah. Why do they do that? Why don't they go outside? The answer is that about 1500 years ago, Samaritans were persecuted. And when people would, uh, if they would make a sukkah outside, then that would bring upon them persecution. Also people would steal their fruits and things like that. So they decided that they have to change and they have to bring their sukkah inside. And from then until today, they make their sukkah inside. However, during the times of the Tanaim, when this Braita was said, it seems that the Samaritans made their Sukkot outside. And if they make it, according to the same regulations that we do, um, 
even if they put fruit there or whatever, however they make it. Um, but if it's uh, if it, if it uh, fits the criteria, are you allowed to actually use it? The answer is yes. Sukami uh, komakom any type of any type of hut that someone makes for whatever reason keshera it's good as long as as long as the sechach is right according to all the standards that we said before more sun than shade and and, and so on more shade than sun. Okay, good. So now we're going to wonder about this braita. How come it adds in mikol makom, right? That seems to, that's extra words. Why does it say those extra words? So, wait, first, my kel what does it mean? The last line that it says, you have to make the schach has to be kel chetah. Has to be made for shade. It doesn't have to be made for a sukkat mitzvah. If a non-Jew is doing it, if you're making it for, for your animals, they're not chayavim be'en misvah of sukkah. But as long as you're making it for, for shade, that fits into the definition of sukkah, which is chach, uh, that's there to provide shade. Uh, as opposed to if you're putting it, making it as a, as a storage room or something like that. So as long as they made it for shade, you can use it, even if they didn't make it specifically for a sukkah mitzvah. Now those words, mikom makom, latu yemai, what other cases are they talking about besides the four that it mentioned? Latu sukkah rakbash to add in four other types of Sukkot that are indicated by this acronym. Sukkot Rakbash, Sukkot Ro'im, the Resh stands for a Resh, a Sukkah that's used by shepherds. Sukkot Kayasim, a Sukkah of fig dryers. They have to sit all day and watch the figs and make sure birds don't take them, thieves don't take them. Sukkot Burganin, booths, a Sukkah of city guardsmen. Sukkot Shomere Perot, Sukkah of people watching their fruit, in, uh, on, on the trees, sukkah mikom, or maybe drying out, sukkah mikom akom, any kind, keshera, they're all fine. So you see this baraita has the same two caveats, right, as the first one, but it gives another list. So when it says mikom akom in the first baraita, it's an indication of the rakabash. Um, okay, good. Now, Michael Cheta, we asked the same question on the first baraita, on the second baraita as we did on the first. The same thing. All these people that are making a sukkah for whatever, you know, for, for the different reasons, has to make you have to make sure that they are doing it in order to provide shade. And that is the definition of a sukkah. Now, in the second braita, it also says, besides the four rakbash, it also adds mikomakom, any kind of sukkah. What is that coming to add? So in the, the, the second beraita, the mikomakom is coming to include the ganbach, which is the list in the first one, right? This ganbach, kohim, nashim, behema, kutim. And the words mikomakom in the first beraita are coming to include rakbash in the second beraita. So therefore, no matter which beraita you have, everything's included. Each one points to the other in a, a circular way. This is like an Escher painting. You have the hand uh, uh, drawing uh, another hand, which is drawing the first hand. Okay, anyway, the Tana who taught it the first way um, uh, with the Ganbach, he wanted to um, talk about the Ganbach cases because those are permanent structures. You leave them there all year round to, you know, for the animals, for the, for the nashim, that they would use it, right? So these are permanent structures and that shows it's good, right? It's a, it's a nice, it's made well, we're assuming that making it well is better for a sukkah. And then he said, oh, by the way, 
even these other ones, the one for Do'im and the, and the guardsmen, the, the fruit watcher, those are temporary structures. You put them up during the harvest season and then you take them down. You don't leave them up all the time, but even though they are very flimsy structures, they're still okay for a sukkah. But he wanted to teach Kanvach is the main thing he wanted to teach uh, because they are stronger. Uh, they, are, they, uh, they, they have a better case for them. Uh, so that's why he taught Kanvach and he only pointed to Rakbash. Uh, so he, the second Tana, he wanted to specify Rakbash because all these people, the, 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 uh, um, the, the herdsmen and the fruit watchers, were assuming that they're Jewish men. And so they are also, they're all B'nechiyuv. They have to sit in a sukkah. So um, that it's more obvious that these cases would be a good sukkah since they built them and they're also chayavim b'mitzvah. So And then he added on, wait, don't I think only these, even those other people like uh, women and kutim and animals who are not chayavim in sukkah, but they make a sukkah for their own shade and benefit. They, uh, nevertheless, those Sukkot are still considered a Sukkah. And that concludes the Sugya. Tomorrow we begin with the next Mishnah, which is actually about Sukkah Yeshana. You see, see uh, it leads directly into this uh, about a Sukkah that you made for some other reason, um, and you have to make it specifically as a Sukkah Mitzvah. Amen.